now. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Shades of Strong, where we are talking about all the things that shape, make, and sometimes break the strong Black woman. I'm Cheryl, and of course, sitting beside me, but not really, is the yin to my yang, (laughs) Natalie, a.k.a. Natty. (laughs) She also has her face in the place. Hey, Natty, how's it going, darling? It's going pretty good. Awesome. Praise God. Awesome. And we do have another beautiful face in the place and a powerful voice joining us in our virtual studio today, Black Girl Magic, self-care queen, and our new best friend, the Michelle White. Hey, Michelle. Hey, Michelle. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm feeling so good being here. Awesome, awesome. We are so excited to have you here, like. We just love, I think we just love having guests because me and Natty just talk all the time. So it's nice to have somebody, you know, <laughs> to kind of like break the monotony of listeners listening to us go on and on all the time. So yeah, welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> all right, guys, for the last few weeks, we have been talking about healing the broken pieces of our lives. And because we don't want to bring you to a place of awareness and then just leave you there, We've invited Michelle to come in to impart some wisdom on how we can exercise self-care even when we are sitting in the middle of heart-wrenching grief or trauma. But before we dive into the beauty that is this topic, Michelle, how about you tell us a little bit about yourself, all the goodness that is you, what you do, why you do it, what sets your soul on fire? Yeah. So again, my name is Michelle Goodlow. I'm a licensed master of social work uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. I have created a space called G. Michelle Self-Care Resources. It's a free resource wellness website for people who are hardworking and caring as a way to encourage folks to practice self-care because they deserve it. I started this blog in particular a year ago, a little over a year ago, and then also created the guided self-care journal called Self-Explore, Self-Restore, just as a way to put more accessible, easy to use, simple practices into the world for folks to practice self-care. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. Yes, girl. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, your story. Yes. <laughs> yes. So like I said, Michelle's going to come in and she's going to talk to us all about self-care. But before we dive into the topic, you know how you, Natalie, Natalie and I like to do, we want you to join the conversation on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram with Shades of Strong across all platforms. You can also leave us a message on our website at shadesofstrong.com. But before we get into the conversation, Michelle, I wanted to kind of talk about the word trauma itself, because a lot of people think that a horrible event has to happen in order for us to experience trauma in our lives. But I'm of the belief that we can experience trauma in our everyday living. Like it doesn't have to be a death. It doesn't have to be a horrible car accident. It doesn't have to be a terminal illness, but trauma can look different for each of us. And it does not have to be some horrible thing that happened in our lives. So can you speak a little bit to that for us, please? Absolutely. One of the simplest definitions of trauma that I have is having a normal reaction to something that is abnormal for you. I I think that's There's a lot of definitions of trauma. There's a lot of experiences of trauma, but I think trauma can be incredibly personal. In my work in social work, I work with folks who have experienced interpersonal trauma, which is kind of 
like, uh, like toxic, sometimes abusive, difficult experiences in their relationships with others, a lot of times with loved ones. And when I hear other folks' stories, that definition just comes right back up, having a normal response to something that's abnormal. That's what I think trauma is. I agree. And and abnormalities can happen in everyday living and breathing. That's anything out of the norm Mm -hmm. for you can cause you to go in some some type of traumatic space. So I'm, I'm glad you cleared that up because, again, it does not have to be some horrible event that takes place in your life. And so what we want to talk about today is how you can maintain self-care or even implement a self-care plan. Now, Natty and I kind of sort of talked about what our plans are in, our, in the last couple of episodes, but Michelle is here to shed some light or go a little deeper into the whole self-care strategy. So have that and Michelle, do what you do, girl. So if you've experienced trauma, difficult experiences, you've gone through some really tough things, you're feeling really stressed out, this is where self-care comes into play. Self-care is actually a preventative health measure because, and I like to call it a self-care practice because it's something you have to do consistently and a lot, of, a lot of us, I got my hand in the air, uh, we have to practice it. We have to practice at it. So self-care, a, another simple definition is doing what you need to do to show up as your best self and to fill yourself back up. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of us get caught up in the whole self-care Saturday, self-care Sundays, and then we get caught up in the manis and the petties and the massages and all that. But what I hear you saying, Michelle, is that self-care is an everyday thing and it's not just about mm-hmm. manis and petties. And I'm not knocking people who do the manis and petties. I'm here for all of that. But I think that it's important that we as a as black women realize that self-care goes deeper than that. Much deeper, much deeper. I think there's like this umbrella of self-care and manis and petties fall under it. Taking your medication regularly falls under it. Setting your boundaries goes under it. Getting a massage. I, because self-care has now become trendy, it's become something that's popular. It's even become a marketing tool. Right. Uh, we can see that there's ways to profit from self-care and talk about self-care in a way that feels kind of fun. I, I don't see the harm in that. The only thing that, the only barrier that can come up is that that's the only way you're taking care of yourself because all of those things can make folks feel good. It feels good to treat yourself, but self-care is not always about doing what feels good. Right. It's about doing, again, what you need to do to take care of yourself and what you need to do to fill yourself back up. And for women of color, for Black women in particular, we have a lot of things that take our energy away, that yeah. drain us. And so what are the practices that you need to do to fill yourself back up again? I know for myself, it's been a very busy time for me professionally and I'm being stretched in all kinds of different ways. Something that really drains me even more is when my energy has been taken away and I can't fill myself back up. Journaling is a huge component of my self-care because it validates myself. It's a practice of releasing for me. And if I, I have so much built up in me, if I don't regularly release that, honey, I'm, I'm a mess. Right. So things like that, making sure I'm taking care of my body, because my body does so much in this world (laughs) and it's been through so much. I have to make sure that that's a priority. Am I eating enough vegetables? Am I drinking enough water? 
did I exercise today? It's, it's about, again, checking in with yourself on a regular basis, practicing that and filling yourself back up. For me, one of the things that I have incorporated into my own self-care practice as of late, especially this year, has been taking naps. I used to just take a nap when I was depressed. (laughs) And now I'm like, oh, wait, no, I really do actually need rest, though. My body needs this. Um, I need it mentally. I need it emotionally. And that's been a huge component for me this year, especially considering the fact that I made the decision to not judge myself for needing that rest. Mm. Because we get into these habits of looking down on ourselves when we're not being as productive and I'm putting that in air quotes as we think we're supposed to be and that's you know we get on this this hamster wheel and we're trying to do all of the things and and be all of the things to all of the people and I have really come to understand more this year about how that need to be so-called productive in a lot of ways can just be an oppressive tool to keep Mm -hmm. us from taking good care of ourselves and to keep us from showing up the way that we need to. And I'm, you know, I'm getting older and I don't want to be a part of that system anymore. So I've been fairly diligent about when I feel like, oh my gosh, I'm really tired. I'm going to take a nap. I just go ahead and do it. And I don't feel the least bit bad about it anymore. I'm glad you brought that up because Michelle, I listened to another interview that you had done on a podcast and you talked about how black women see self-care as a privilege. Mm -hmm. And to that same Mm -hmm. point, we feel like we don't deserve it because I can relate to what what Natty is saying, because I can remember a year ago and you may remember this Natty when I had made myself sick and ended up in the hospital. And it was because I was just like, I just kept going and going and going and going. And even on the days when I was feeling bad, I would take a nap. But then I would find myself feeling guilty mm-hmm. for taking that nap yeah. because yeah. I'm like, oh, you, you should have been doing this. You should have been doing that. You should have been doing that. And so I think we got to get into the habit, like Nat, Natty was saying, of not feeling guilty about taking care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I have an entire section on my website dedicated to self-worth just of this topic alone. And, and Natty, what you said is, is truly liberating. It's what can we do to remove this guilt, this heavy burden of guilt for taking care of ourselves? It's for, for a lot of us Black women, we're not taught and we're not respected to take care of ourselves. Yeah. It's, this is a new concept for a lot of us. We are just generations removed from not being treated as human. Right. It's, it is our truth. And we are living with and living through the trauma that our ancestors have gone through in addition yep. to that. We're exhausted. Exhausted. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you take that nap. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Where's your pillow? A good 30 minute nap will get you in there. Like, Whoa. seriously. Like, it's seriously. I took a nap earlier this week for like 30 minutes while the baby was napping. And it was so rejuvenating like I feel it's like so I had the energy to just like go on with my with my day even if it was, it's for like 15 or 20 minutes if you need a nap take a nap girl I'm here for yeah. I live for now I, I love to tell folks especially folks who have trouble listening to their bodies I'm like check it out our bodies will never lie to us our bodies always tell the truth now our minds are very powerful you know our minds can get us to do things we don't really want to do like 
get up real early to go to the gym or uh, spend an extra hour doing this project to get it done, right? Our minds are very powerful. But our bodies are just very transparent. If you stub your toe, what does your toe do? Oh, it, it flares up and it's it's it. And that pain yeah. goes, shoots from your toe all the way up. All the way mm-hmm. up. Our bodies will always tell us the truth. If our stomach is hungry, it will growl. If our eyes are tired, they will close. So if we just get into the practice of listening to our bodies, imagine what will, the health benefits that will come with that. That's the self-awareness component. But I want to I want to get into the the whole trauma thing, and and I know mm-hmm. I said that trauma is not just some horrible event happening, but we do want to kind of hone in on that in this episode. Mm-hmm. When things happen, how can you stay in that place of? I know for me, when something or in the past, I'm doing better with that now. When unexpected things happen, I find myself just completely shutting down, mm-hmm. and literally all I want to do is eat and sleep. So. How can we, when things happen, how can we stay in that space where we are continuing to take care of ourselves? Mm-hmm. That's a really difficult one. It's, it's difficult to not only go through something tough, but then still have to show up in all the different roles you have. Because that, mm-hmm. that work never stops. It never pauses, especially right. if you're a parent you know, or a family member caring for somebody else, or you're the breadwinner for the family. Y'all see where I'm going with it. So mm-hmm. that, that is why I like to emphasize that self-care needs to be a practice because, and it's a preventative health measure, because if we are practicing self-care in our moments of non-crisis, where we're not at the highest peak of stress, but we're practicing, when we have mm-hmm. a life that feels like pretty routine, pretty daily, we're building our skills. You're actually building your skills because when the crisis hits out of nowhere, you actually already have a whole set of tools that you've been working at that you can lean on habitually. So again, I will go back to journaling because that's, that's my jam. I, I practice it regularly, even when I don't feel like it, even when I think it's a nuisance, I'll carry my, my notebook around, scrap piece of paper, whatever I need to just get into the practice of recognizing what's coming up for me, thinking of ways to take care of myself. And very recently, I had a very stressful situation at work and I had to get through the phone call. So I was telling myself, get through the phone call, get to the immediate solution. Michelle, after you get through that, girl, you need to release. Take a few, just a couple minutes. You have time. Sometimes you got to talk to yourself now. Yes. Right, (laughs) right. You sure do. Girl, and I had to write down a couple of pages because I had so much come up for me for this situation. But by the end of me writing, not only had I talked myself down, but I also started writing a few affirmations of just, I'm, go- I'm stronger than this. I can get through this. This is temporary. This feeling will go away. And it, it, it may sound silly to some folks. Trust me, it, it was silly to me at first. I was like, what are these affirmations about? But I'm telling you, you can talk yourself up and move. Yeah, forward. yeah. Again, it's about having a practice. And letting this practice drive you on a regular basis, because that muscle memory is so important when we're having moments of crisis or experiencing something traumatic. It, it actually built, you're building like this special taking care of yourself muscle that's strong because you've consistently worked at it. And when that moment of crisis comes, you can handle it better because you already had tools that you've been using since day one. Right. That's really good. Mm-hmm. So for an individual who may not have a practice at all, a self-care mm-hmm. practice, what would you suggest for them to just like something simple that they can easily implement 
Yes. And, and get started. So glad you asked me that. First, I'll say go to gmichelle.com because I got all the tools. The very first blog I wrote was how to create a self-care plan. It's, and I, I strongly suggest just taking a look at that article. But for, the, for what we're doing here, I, I want folks to think of what helps you feel recharged. Just start very simply. What's something that helps you feel proud, helps you feel satisfied, helps you feel energetic? Get in touch with those. I call those the good yummy feelings. What, right. what, are, the, what are the practices that help you do that? If it's not journaling, is it creating something? Is it cooking something? Is it giving someone a hug, giving yourself a hug? Is it smelling something that makes you feel calm? Just start right there with what, what's a good yummy feeling you love having and what helps you get to that feeling? What practice can you create around getting to that feeling? And of course, make sure that these practices are safe, healthy for you. If you notice it's that glass of wine every night when you work, just want to be mindful. <laughs> you know, you just want to be mindful of those practices. So let me, let me throw that in there as well. But finding a good yummy feeling, a feeling that, that's really important to you, like pride, satisfaction, relief, what helps you get mm-hmm. to that feeling and how can you create a practice around that? Right. While you were saying that, I was thinking like, what is mine? I think for me, and, and Natty, I would love for you to answer as well. I think for me, mine is I love to swing. I love bubble baths mm-hmm. and I love wine. And so those are like my go-to things. Like if it's a beautiful day outside, but I'm having a horrible day, I'll drive to the park and I'll just swing. Because you it go. just gives me so much, like, it's, it's like freeing to me. But then yeah. there are days where I just want a nice warm bubble bath and I'll sit in there and I'll light some candles and I'll sip on some wine. So I think those are my go-to things. What are yours, Natty? So the yummy feelings. I really love tea. I love coffee too, but I just like having a nice cup of Earl Grey tea with milk and sugar or some matcha green tea and that just gets me that helps me feel extra calm and energized at the same time mm-hmm. um i just love that and you know we're all journalers here so anytime i'm pulling out my any one of my journals or my art journals that is definitely going to have me feeling if i'm not feeling super great that's definitely going to have me feeling better Mm-hmm. by the time I'm finished. And if I'm already feeling great, again, it's going to be like the tea. It just helps me feel even calmer and more energized at the same time once I'm through. And I get more, I feel like my mind is a little bit clearer and it's not foggy at all and I'm more focused and I'm kind of mm-hmm. revved up. And so it gives me the energy to do other things through the day. So yeah, those it, just some sort of, of journaling, whether it's my art journaling or just writing, and a nice cup of tea. I just, I feel really grounded with those things. What are yours, Michelle? Oh gosh, how much time do we have? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I, in addition to journaling, I love music. Ooh, yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Come on now. I'm the queen of a playlist, a mood playlist. Oh I yeah. Playlist from when I'm feeling chill. Playlist from when I want to turn up. Like, I love to create a playlist based around my mood and listen to that. I, being alone, I spend a lot of time with people. 
So sometimes if I can just find spaces, some privacy space to breathe just alone, that, that helps rejuvenate me. And man, I, I love to dance. Oh, me too. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I'm not good at it, but I love to do it. You know what? It's not about skill. It's about fun. It's about fun. <laughs> yes. It's just, it's very freeing. It, it is. is. I love that. Yeah. And the reason why I ask, because I want, I want to point out that nobody's self-care routine is going to look the same. Correct. You have to find what works for you and what ultimately sets your soul on fire. But I think it's like Michelle was saying, I think it's important that you continue to practice that. I think I shared with you, Michelle, when we originally talked that Mm -hmm. this has been a really rough year for me. Mm -hmm. And we experienced a lot of death in our family. And like I completely shut down for months. Natty would tell you we did not record an episode every time it was time. I was like, I can't do it today, Natty. Yeah. And so now I have this plan in place. So when things like that happen, I know how to pull myself back out of that funk. So basically what I do, I give myself like 24 hours to just like really feel whatever I'm feeling. But in that 24 hours of, I don't just like sulk. Like in that 24 hours, I'm doing something. Like I might journal and say, hey, this is how I'm feeling why are you feeling it that way? Like I have 24 hours with a purpose. And I think that's important too, because you can't just say, oh, I'm giving myself 24, 48 hours to, to feel this, but then you're not doing anything to kind of mm-hmm. help pull yourself out of that funk. Would you agree or disagree, Michelle? I, I'm just nodding my head. Um, and I do believe, I, don't quote me, folks that are listening, please don't quote me, but I do believe that is also what Beyonce does. And here's why I think this is a this is a good practice to have, especially if you're healing from or recovering from something very difficult. It's yourself validating that you're hurting, and that's something a lot of women of color don't have the opportunity to do. We're we're told to just go, just go, yeah. just get over it, move on. You know. But if you're dedicating time, intentionally dedicating time to feel those, I call them the heaviest feelings of disappointment, grief sorrow. Um, if you're dedicating time to do that intentionally, I think that's healthy because you're, you're mindfully aware that you're feeling these feelings. You're giving yourself time and space. You even set a limit for yourself. That's called boundary setting so that, so that you can grieve. And we all know that grieving is not linear. We go through different experiences of healing, especially when we're, we've lost a loved one. But I, I, I respect what you're saying because you're dedicating that time to, to feel some of it. We know you won't feel all of it in that for our time. Right. I think that's very healthy. Look at me doing stuff right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's about what works for you. I, yeah. I, I might be somebody listening going, I don't think I could do that for a whole day. But, and that's okay. That's, that's why we're emphasizing self-care is you deciding identifying what your needs are and addressing those needs on a regular basis. So it's okay if if you don't want to dedicate a 24 hour time, but what are you doing to recognize that you're going through something difficult? What are you doing? You you have to honor those feelings. That's right. Because I think when in, in the last couple of episodes we talked and I talked about how just bury pain on top of pain. And then one day it just erupts like a volcano if you don't deal with that. And so I find for me, 
being able to deal with things as they come keeps me in a more healthy and a more peaceful space. Yes, it it is ideal to handle our conflicts that way. And I say ideal because we're not perfect and it takes time and practice to recognize sometimes when you're hurting and to give yourself space to heal. But if we can develop a practice where, you know what, I'm feeling really disappointed or regretful or you know what, my feelings are hurt. If we recognize that within ourselves, it does make us more powerful because then we learn how to deal with it, how to handle it. You know, it's a process. So Michelle, what if you are not in a place where it's idea for you to take some, what's the word I'm looking for? Take advantage of some type of self-care strategy. Say, for instance, you're at work Mm -hmm. and you cannot step out and breathe for five or 10 minutes or whatever you need. Do you have any suggestions for people who may be in a situation like that? Yes, I do. I I actually recommend creating your own to-go self-care strategy because you're right. There are moments where we won't get to get to drive to the park and go on a swing. Or what if we don't have any tea tea nearby? it's, it's great to create like a, a to-go plan or if I don't have any of my tangible tools with me, what do I have that can help me self-regulate? So again, you can actually control your breathing in a meeting. Okay. Yeah. You know, um, one, one recommendation I have is, and we can even do it together now, if you feel the lower part of your abdomen, like your lower gut, take a really deep breath in, feel it ex- and just feel it feeling your belly expand and then contract back in. That gives us such a sense of mm-hmm. you can do that in a meeting, you can do it in a bathroom, and just feel your body breathing. It helps you slow your heart rate down and helps us refresh our minds. It's a self care strategy I do often. I even do it when I'm uh, facilitating trainings. I'll actually ask folks to do it with me to invite the community in for caring for ourselves. But that's one strategy. Another strategy is, again, I, I like to emphasize privacy because sometimes if we, we may feel really vulnerable if we're experiencing a heavy emotion. So if you have to excuse yourself for just a moment to go to the restroom or step outside, say you're, you're in a classroom or you're in a meeting or something like that, we usually do have the opportunities to do that. Again, what, what do you have on your person? Can you give your hands a massage? Is there a way, mm-hmm. Right? Can you give your shoulder a massage? Is there a way for you to sit differently so that you're more comfortable? Just intentionally recognizing what's going on in your body. What's going on in my body right now that I can do in this moment? Is it just shifting around in my seat so I'm more comfortable, right? Is it a certain way that you're facing in a room? I know a lot of survivors of trauma don't like their backs to the door because they they can't see what's going on. They can't see what's happening behind them. Is there a way for you to make sure you're seated in a place where you're near the, near the exit, also you can see the doorway. It's, it's, it's thinking a little bit, getting really creative in those strategies and trying your best to be prepared. I had a post recently on Instagram where I talked about a couple of self-care things I like to have on my person that are not large, but they're small. And I can pull them out and use them when I'm commuting or when I'm in between meetings and things like that. I love a good essential oil. Mm-hmm. Oh, listen, these, yeah. the power of smell is, is incredible. You can find a smell that you really like, or there's different oils that bring out different senses within us. Like 
Lavender can help us feel really calm. I know folks use it to help them sleep. And there's other, other smells that help you feel more energized or help you stay more focused. That's something that can be bought really small and you can carry it around with you. You know, I can go on for days with different um, ideas, but <laughs> it's, it's about finding what works for you and how can you find a compact version of that um, and keep it on your person. That's really good. I've never tried the essential oils, but I'm definitely going to try that. But oh, I also great. found that a stress ball helps a Ooh. lot for me. If I can just like do something with my hand in that moment to kind of take my attention away from whatever is happening, that helps a lot for me. So I, I kind of have those like around the house. Nice. Just okay when they, when the baby won't stop crying and just. <laughs> And squeeze and squeeze and squeeze until I feel better. So stress ball. Do you have anything that works for you, Natty? I definitely do the essential oils. That's a really big thing for for me, um, especially with helping me to relax when it's time for me to go to sleep. Lavender has been huge, 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 huge for that. So I'm a big proponent of that. And then also, yeah, like she was saying, the, the deep breaths. I pay attention to my breathing a lot. And I just kind of concentrate and I kind of choreograph it to where it's like I'm giving myself, you know, eight counts to exhale and eight counts to inhale Um, and just being very uh, mindful and intentional about slowing everything down. um, That definitely helps me, especially also since I have um, my blood pressure is high and I take blood pressure medication that I... I really like doing that because then I can feel, I can feel my heart rate, you know, slowing down and not being so, so stressed. And I just feel like I I can't see it, but I feel like that is even just helping lower, (laughs) helping to lower my blood pressure if if it needs to be lowered, you know. Mm -hmm. And it probably is. It probably is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can we even say taking your blood pressure medication is self-care? It definitely is. It definitely is. I feel like I'm taking big care of myself. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Yes. Never neglect to take your medication. You should always take your medication. So that is definitely self-care. And see if your medication is working. I don't want to go down too medical of a path, but coming back to that self-awareness, self-reflection piece, Check in on yourself and what you're putting into your body mm-hmm. and how it makes you feel. That's that's my next step personally on my journey of, of living a life that's pleasing to me is being way more mindful of the products that I'm using, the food in, and how it makes me feel. I would definitely share that with others too. That's not something I was taught, especially when it comes to nutrition and diet. Mm. I, I didn't get that class, you know? Um, so I'm learning as an adult, what do I need? What vitamins do I need on a regular basis? What deficits maybe am I having in my nutrition that I need to be more mindful of? How is fast food contributing to me living a life that's pleasing to me? That's my next step. And I invite folks to definitely, look, especially people of color, look into that as part of their self-care as well. Yeah. And I'm glad you men- you mentioned diet because I think a lot of times we take take that for granted. But a lot of times the foods that we are eating and putting in our bodies are contributing to our stress levels and our mood swings and and things of that sort. So I think that is great. I probably need to do more of that myself, but I have not arrived. (laughs) Oh, well, neither have I. 
I, neither have I, I. I'd love to say that I have, but I have not. <laughs> can we just have some compassion around how difficult it can be if you've never done it before? It's Any difficult, of yeah. So it's, it's about having some self-compassion, some patience, and acceptance that it's going to be a journey. I know I have to. I have to. Uh, otherwise, right. I, my, I'm the best critic ever. I know how to talk to myself crazy. Uh, so listen. I said, let me, let me try some other skills. It seems like I can do that. Well, all right, that's done. How about I try and speak to myself with some kindness? Let me work on yes. that. Right. Uh, and I saw this the other day too, that I thought was really helpful to share. It's not about perfection. It's all about right. what you can try to do most of the time. Mm-hmm. What can you try and do most of the time? We are definitely going to indulge. We're going to enjoy things, right? We're going to relax. But we're also going to try our best to take care of ourselves as often as we can. So it's not about perfection. It's just about what you can do most of the time. Yeah, that's really good. Just taking it day by day and being like, okay, so today is a new day. This Mm -hmm. is awesome. Let's see what I can get done. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the day, it's like, hey, I did this and this. There, I mean, I, um, this year, I have been journaling every day about what my creative practice looked like mm. in a given day. And I, I take, I have a little journal for it and every evening I'm like, Oh, I did this and I did this. Nice. And my creative process isn't just, Oh, I did some drawing or I just did, or I did some sketching. It's all kinds of things. It was, Oh, well, I, I was just sitting and listening to music for two hours or I went for a walk and all that kind of thing. So I will write all of those things down. And even if it's just, I didn't really do a whole lot. I just chilled out and I needed rest. So I took a nap and then later on I rested some more. But I feel so great about having written every single day about what my creative process actually Mm. looked like and going back and reading through because it's also memories. It's also like, oh, right. That was a really good day. Oh yeah. I'm glad I wrote down that I got, I tried that burger at that one place. Because now I can remember the name, and if we go back, I can get it, you know, stuff like that. It's really huge, but it also is a way of like what Michelle was saying self validating. Because every day it's like, look at what you've done. Like we're in September now, and I'm holding my, jur- my journal for this particular project with my hand right now. And I'm looking through the pages, and the book is so thick because, you know, I've done some watercolor in it, and I've got little, you know, my photos and stickers, but there's so much that I've written, and it's like, there's not. There have been much fewer days this year where I've been like, oh, you're such a failure. Or, oh, you just, you know, you just suck. You don't do this. You don't do that. Because it's like, oh, wait, I'm looking back through these pages and seeing exactly what I did. And that's just my creative part, things that contribute to my creative process. Mm-hmm. That's not the other things that I did, like doing stuff with my, my kids and doing the chores or going and paying the bills. That stuff's not even in here. It's just the creative process stuff. So it's like, no, you're actually, you're actually accomplishing quite a bit and you're doing great. So you need to remember that. I think that is beautiful and so healing in so many ways. Just as you described, Nettie, that's awesome. She is quite amazing, huh? She is. I'm just, I'm over here just reflecting. (laughs) That is. She is quite amazing. <laughs> We're gonna keep her around. All right. <laughs> Yay! 
<laughs> I love I it. I'm ready to wrap it up. But Michelle, I do have a question for you from a young lady in our community who want who wishes to remain anonymous. So I'm going to read her question to you and then you can just kind of respond in your own way. So she says, I'm a single mother who works full time. Although my kids are not a job, most of the time it feels like I have two full time jobs and I'm being worked over time. At this point, I'm feeling run down and failing to take care of myself due to time and financial restraints. It's hard for me to feel strong and be at my best when I feel so worn out mentally and physically. But I know if I'm not okay, then my kids are not okay. So I need to take care of me. How do I find time for me time that will fit into a tight budget? Signed, overwork. Mm-hmm. Come on, overwork. Come on. This, so he, here's my thing about being a parent and self-care. They almost don't go together. Parenting is a full-time job that society won't let you have a break from. Absolutely. Right. So it's different. And I, I'm incredibly hesitant to ever tell a parent, you need to have time for you. Because that's, that's loaded and privileged right. to me. So hearing her story and what she's going through, here's what I'm thinking of. If there is any way, and again, I know this may not be an option, but if there is any way to find some resources around childcare, whether that be a loved one, a family member you trust with your children, if there's like play dates with other parents at school where parents can take turns having kids at their home, even if it's for a couple of hours, again, I'm thinking of of budget-friendly options. I know that can be very difficult and I do not want to minimize that. Childcare costs this day and age. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So if there's any kind of, I know a few of my coworkers do a nanny share. So they split the prices of caring Mm. for their kids. They'll have one nanny come to their house every so often, but it cuts down on costs because their, their kids will be together with the nanny. So I hear that's a very viable option as well in terms of different childcare options. But that's the first thing. If you don't are, are not able to have childcare and your children are in the space with you, this is, it, of course, this isn't ideal, but you've got to use what you've got. Is there a way for all to practice peacefulness together? Mm-hmm. If, if that means doing art together or breathing together, I I know how we talked about the belly breathing. Kids actually love that. They can put a stuffed animal on their bellies when they're laying on their back. And I like to tell the kids, watch that, watch that animal go up and down. Is there a way for you guys to practice that together, write together, read together? I'm thinking of activities that instill peace. And even though you're still together and you're still supervising your child, again, we're not minimizing that this is not me time, but Mm -hmm. it can be us time. Yeah, they'll be have some peacefulness there and building that into your time with your children. That's great. That's because I know it's great. tough. I know it's yeah, it tough. Is. It's it really tough. is. But it, and then that contributes to more of the guilt that you feel it does. all the time. It you know? does. It does. It but does. Those, those are really great suggestions. They are. I have my excellent. grandchildren during the day, and Mackenzie is four, and mm-hmm. I'm actually she loves doing yoga. Like we'll find a, a, a like a kid yoga. Animal yoga is great too, and she and she loves it. I mean, she don't she don't really know what she's doing, but (laughs) (laughs) some of us don't know what we're doing either. Those are really great suggestions. I hadn't thought of any of that. Yeah, yeah, those are really good. Those are great. Those are really great. 
And I want to give a shout out to friends of parents. Offer to babysit when you can, please. Yes. Even if it's just for an hour. Give, yes. give, give a mother a break. For real. Come on now. Come on now. Let's Absolutely. let's get community together. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. We're going to get ready to wrap it up. But before we go, Michelle, we want to, want to just get, have you give us some closing remarks for anybody who may be in the middle of a traumatic event right now, grief, whatever. What are closing words that you can give to them that they can find some peace and release, relief? I, I want to first and foremost repeat that definition of trauma, that trauma is a normal response to something abnormal. You are crazy. What you're experiencing and what you're feeling is temporary. There is a 99.9999% chance you will feel better again. It is just about doing what you can do to get through the next hour and then the next morning and the next day. Take your time with your healing. Don't let anybody rush you to heal. You will know when you're feeling better. Trust your instincts and trust your body. Something has happened to you that's abnormal and you're doing your best to cope with that. That's great. That's wonderful. Nettie, do you have anything that you want to add? And then Michelle, I want you to tell us how we can find you on social media before we get out of here. Sure. I I really don't have anything to add to that. I think the, the tips and the suggestions that Michelle gave us this evening are just gold. And so, yeah. Um, a lot of it just kind of reinforced things that I already do. And then there were other things I'm like, hey, that's really cool. That's a good new strategy that I can try out. So thank you so much for, for adding your wisdom to to the show tonight, Michelle. Of course. Yeah, she did that. Yes, Michelle. Mm-hmm. I learned something she did. now. Hold on. There's all kinds <laughs> of resources on this call here. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to have to do some reflective work myself. That's why I love having these conversations. We are so resourceful and brilliant. Yeah. And I want to thank yeah. you both for allowing me to share space with you. Oh, yes, girl. Come back. It's a pleasure. Yes. It's a pleasure. Mm-hmm. Michelle has such a sweet spirit. Like, I she saw does. on Instagram, and I'm like, I like this girl. Look at her. <laughs> We have some fun on there. Yes. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. All right, guys. We are going to get ready to wrap it up. But Michelle, before we go, tell us how we can find you in the online space. You got it. So again, my name is Michelle Goodlow. You can find me on Instagram at the T-H-E-G, like good, great, goodlow, uh, gmichelle.com. So you can, again, you can find me at, on Instagram at, at the G Michelle and my website is gmichelle.com. And she has some really great resources out there that you guys can download and get all this information that she's talked about today. Right, mm-hmm. Michelle? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and Michelle just got married too. So happy marriage. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. Congratulations on your nuptials, girl. We appreciate that. Thank you. All right, guys, we are out of here again. You can follow us on all social media platforms at Shades of Strong. Website is shadesofstrong.com. You can leave us a voice message and you can also send us a private email at hi at shadesofstrong.com. We would love to hear from you and be sure to check out. We'll have all of Michelle's information in the show notes of this episode. So if you happen to miss what she said, you can head over to our website 
click on click on this episode. It'll have her gorgeous picture on it and get all of her contact information. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. We're out of here. We will see you next time. Bye, Michelle. Until next time. Bye. Bye.